Hello everyone, I'm Satyajit Chahare, your trusty host of the Communications Weekly and co-founder and CEO of Hootboard, a platform that unifies communications for colleges and many other organizations like that. Today I'm excited to have with me Richard Jones of Rowan University who is the Vice President for Student Life and the Dean of Students. In, his, in these positions, he serves as the Chief Student Life Officer for the University. He oversees a broad array of student-centric departments and he is the Acting Chief Student Advocate on campus. He is responsible for student success, multicultural support, health, wellness, inclusiveness and volunteerism. Mr. Jones has more than 20 years of experience in student affairs and such places at, as the Huntington College, the University of New Orleans and Vanderbilt and Mississippi State Universities. He earned a bachelor's degree in English literature from University of North Florida and a master's degree in consular education student development from Mississippi State University and he's currently pursuing a doctorate in educational leadership from Alabama State University. So without further ado, I'm going to get right into how he does things that he does best and how he got into this trade of student success in first place. So it's all yours. How, how did you start with it? So um, it started when I was an undergraduate at Florida State University. Um, I had partial scholarships, um, but my family economic situation was not um, as robust as others, I, I would say. And so I looked for ways to supplement you know, my education. And one of the opportunities that I ran across was becoming a resident assistant. And I applied for it um, because it was a way to supplement, you know, funding my education. And I received the job. And um, but I did not realize that it was setting the foundation for a career in student life. It was simply a way for me to uh, support my education. Great, great. So that's that's very similar to how I came in, where I've I funded much of my graduate study through the graduate assistantship I just mentioned earlier. Uh, but that's very interesting. Did you did you see what apart from being a job? Did you see that being something that you connected with, or did that you came back to it later in your life? Right, or right, 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 right. Well, so no, my my. My um, my plan was to be an attorney, right? Okay. To go to law school, and um, and so my undergrad degree is in English with a minor in history, because you know people told me do what you love, and I love to read, and um, and when I started expressing interest in becoming an attorney, um, people would say you know you're gonna have to do a lot of writing, you're gonna have to do briefs, you're gonna have to do summations, you know, so having a degree in English and 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 maybe a minor in history. Um, gives you some perspective, so that's what I did. So upon graduation, uh, when I actually transferred schools and graduated from the University of North Florida, I was highly involved. I became an RA, I was an ambassador, um, I was involved with Student Government Association, and when I was graduating, the Vice President for Student Life at that time, his name was Dr. Roland Buck. Okay. Um, he asked me what was I doing with the rest of my life, and I said that, oh, well, I'm going to I'm going to law school. And so he was like, oh, okay. Well, have you taken your LSAT? And I was like, what's that? And he was <laughs> like, that's the the test that you take to get into law school. Um, two weeks later, 
I was sitting at a university taking the LSAT with no prep preparation, so you can imagine what my score was. <laughs> and, um, and so I went back to him and he said, you know, we've got um, a position that we are looking at um, for the university, and that position is uh, an admissions officer recruiting National Achievement Scholars, which is a part of the National Merit Program, and increasing minority students on the campus, and would I be interested? And I was like, yeah, there's nothing else going on right yeah. now. <laughs> so I applied for the job and got it and immediately loved it, yeah. right? You know, going out to high schools, you know, telling students about, you know, their potential, you know, discussing potential aspirations and how you choose a college, which was completely different from the way that I chose college, right? Yeah. You know, um, I had AP English as in high school, and, um, and we were paraphrasing Shakespearean sonnets, and I had not done my homework. And the recruiter from Florida State was meeting mm -hmm. students, and so that was a way for me to get out of my homework, to go meet with a recruiter. And Florida State was the only university I applied to, and luckily I got in, and my dad was happy with that because at that particular time, Florida State's football team was really good. Oh, okay. And so that's where I went, right? <laughs> yeah, but you have I, to keep the dad happy. Yeah, yeah. keep my dad happy. And, um, you know, but one of the things as an admissions officer I found that I was empowering students. I was giving them information about how they could change their lives, right? And I loved it, and I decided I was going to go to grad school. And because I was an RA, I got my um, graduate degree completely paid for at Mississippi State University only because I was an RA and I was going to be supervising RAs as a graduate student. And you already had the experience coming in from right. your previous work. Exactly. So, so I'm going to pick this up uh, a bit later when we go back to the advice uh, area because one thing, one thing uh, I want to quickly point out here is the job just didn't fall into your lap when your uh, your VP talked to you. Mm -hmm. He probably was seeing all the work you have been doing as the RA, the student grad, you know, part of the student uh, government, government, right? Uh, and and that's how he saw you, right? Uh, being active in this space and being good at this. Space. Absolutely. Yeah. So Absolutely. so let's pick up on that piece sure. when when we talk about advice for. Um, uh, you know, people just thinking of getting into this space. So, so, and from there, you presumably worked in a few places. Yeah. Uh, since there, do you want to just quickly summarize? Sure. So, that? Um, after graduate school, my first um, postgraduate school experience was at Vanderbilt University, um, and I stayed there for a while. Um, you know, received a lot of recognition there, a um, couple of promotions, and then, um, and then, then I kind of hit um, a period. Um, that you, we describe, you know, off, off tape. You know, after working there for about seven years, I wanted to make sure that I was in my purpose, right? And so I took a year off, and, mm -hmm. um, and I went home, and I did some volunteer work at my church, the church that I had grown up in, and, and just to sort of, for want of a better term, um, reevaluate my life. And I just kind of realized, you know what? Higher ed is where I wanted to be. And so I um, worked for a private housing uh, corporation and um, I did it for about a year and a half and then after that um, I decided that I wanted a different experience than working for a privatized housing company Absolutely. and I applied for a, an, a, a director of housing and assistant dean position at Huntingdon College in Montgomery, Alabama and I received that job. Six months later um, they made me dean of students and then um, in 2008, I began my doctoral work. And then after I finished the coursework for my doctorate, the position at 
at um, Rowan became open. Sure. And, um, and it was really a student engagement, um, student assessment position. And so like any, you know, candidate after, out of uh, a, a doctoral program, you're all interested in research, right? And so I applied for that position. And, and as I was applying for that position, the current um, associate vice president for dean and dean of students resigned. Oh, okay. And so instead of them offering me the associate vice president for student engagement, they offered me the associate vice president for student affairs and dean of students position, which was more in line with what I was doing. And, right. um, and I accepted it. And um, two years later, I became vice president for student, student life. That's good. And so that's, here I am. That's an awesome trajectory yeah. to to look, uh, look up to for anyone who is looking into this. So, so what attracted you to Rowan from your past? And you know, what, was well, the, what was good going on? What was, what was the opportunities that you saw? Well, so um, I, I was ready to, to become a vice president, right? And so I, I figured that that was my next step. And, um, and quite frankly, I had never heard of Rowan until I started doing my job search. And, but I applied anyway because it was in the Northeast. And Rowan is strategically located. You know, it's 20 minutes away from Philadelphia. It's um, a little less than two hours away from New York, um, two hours away from D.C. Uh, and so they're all major cities that I would have access to. And I, I never lived in the Northeast in my life. And so that was different for me, you know, to get a, a, a different experience. And I thought that, you know, by working in a different regional institution, it would only make my my career portfolio looked better. And, uh, and, but when I got here, I immediately fell in love with this university because even though it was located in New Jersey, it had a very Southern feel, right? People yep. were friendly. And, um, and, and then as I started doing you know, my research on the university and asking questions during my interview, I found that there was work to do, right? And, um, and that's what I like. I like operationalizing things. I like putting systems in place that help students transform their lives. And it was like right for opportunity here. And so that's why I took it over the other offers that I mm -hmm. received. So, mm -hmm. yeah. That's great. That's great. So, um, and what were some of the, do you want to talk about some of the, um, the successes you think um, uh, that Rowan University has made under your, um, under your uh, leadership and your peers' leadership here? Right. So I think one of the things that um, I'm inspired by our president, I think he has a dynamic vision for the university and the region and the state of New Jersey, quite honestly. I think he has a vision for the nation. <laughs> um, um, you know, and, um, and so I was really inspired by that. And so when he offered me the vice president's job, he said two things to me. He said, be creative and make um, this university a home away from home for students. And so one of the things that I've just learned is that, you know, attending a university for any student, whether you're first gen, from an underrepresented group, or you're from a socially affluent family, is that attending a university is not an intuitive process. Yeah. You know, so students have to be equipped from the very beginning with the tools that will assist them in navigating all of the systems that are designed to help them be successful, right? And so that was one of the things that I wanted to do. And, um, and because my direct responsibility um, was housing, right, I wanted to make sure that the portfolio that we had for housing was upgraded, um, that was comfortable, that was clean, 
right? Because students cannot, you know, students spend the majority of the time outside of the classroom, right? And all of the things that they learn in the classroom, they apply to living outside of the classroom. And I just don't believe that a student can really focus on, you know, learning when their outside environment is not conducive to that end. To that end. Right. Okay. So there was opportunity for us to to do some things in that area. So, so a lot of your um, initial work maybe focused around housing and how infrastructure, how, uh, infrastructure right. and right. how to make that better directly accessible and usable mm -hmm. to students. Um, I, I was reading your pamphlet outside while I was waiting, and one of the things you mentioned there, a lot of, lot of things you do out of your office are very hard to measure because mm -hmm. they are very, they could be subjective, they are also, um, you know, people are feeling them rather than seeing them right, a lot of right, times. Right. Um, how, how do you go about quantifying uh, and then, and then making sure that it's translating down to the to the students. Sure, and sure, in some sure. cases, faculty. you know. So you know. So the paradigm we use is learning outcomes. You know, and that's based on Bloom's taxonomy, right? Mm -hmm. um, that there are certain acquisition skills that a student will be able to display as a as a result of experience a particular program, right? And um, and and so what we did was we did some really crash courses on Bloom's taxonomy taxonomy and the acquisition of knowledge for students. And so all of our programs actually have learning outcomes that we absolutely can measure, right? And, uh, and we do that through a, a variety of ways, right? Uh, qualitative and quantitative. And so um, pre and post test before students have an experience. We look at evaluations of the programs. And so we are actually moving in a, in a direction in which we actually can quantify that through qualitative and quantitative analysis. So, so how um, just just to get um, you might not have a right number for this, but how how many programs are? Oh running? my gosh, <laughs> I absolutely do not have a right number, <laughs> right? You know, because we are always constantly, you know, trying to augment the programming. Now we do have we have a conceptual framework that we use called Step Up, right? And, um, and and so it's um, making um, it's it's, it's um, safe choices, um, mm -hmm. thinking healthy, embrace the wrong spirit, participate, um, understanding and appreciating others, and uh, and preserving resources. So that's our conceptual framework. And so we create programming around that with an emphasis on being a trauma-informed university. Okay. Right. And so our wellness center is right in the middle of campus, right? Mm -hmm. So counseling, you know, um, you know, health services, all under one roof, healthy campus initiatives, which is our sort of educational programming um, arm of our wellness center, right in the middle of campus next to the student center. You know, if you, if you, um, if you, if you visit a lot of other universities, you know, student health and, and, and counseling is somewhere in a remote location. And secondary. Hey, right, right, right. Yeah. And, um, and, and we make it prominent, right? Because what we want to do is destigmatize students uh, receiving uh, mental health and physical health, right? And so it is a beautiful facility. And we also have classrooms in the facility so that students get used to it becoming a part of you know, their experience Absolutely. at Rowan. So, yeah. Absolutely. So to answer your question, no, we've got a, a plethora of programs. And, mm -hmm. uh, and I absolutely could not number them. Correct. Right. And and they're all framed under the step, step up, up framework, yes. step up model that allows you allows individual managers and directors to justify how they are 
doing these programs. Right, and, and, and they are connected to learning outcomes too. Correct, so, yeah. and connected to learning outcomes. That's, um, that's great. So what's, as, as part of these number of programs, how do students know about these? How does communication play a role into this? Obviously, right. we come yeah. from communication standpoint. So, so um, we, there's two things that we, well, there's a couple of things, more than two things that we do. So, of course, we advertise them on our websites. That's one mm -hmm. thing. Um, each one of our departments have Twitter accounts, Facebook, Facebook accounts. Um, some of them have um, Instagram. So we heavily utilize social media um, mm -hmm. to get the information out. Um, the university has a communication piece tool called Rowan Announcer where we you know publish that information to the to the students and faculty and staff and um, and and our student activities office also has a calendar of events right um, so along with the calendar of events we have monitors that are strategically located around campus especially uh, places where students frequent and uh, and we run flyers off of those um, those monitors so that when student is waiting in line for financial aid or to pay a bill at the bursar or to go in the cafeteria, they can read upcoming events. And so we try to hit them in all of the communication portals that we possibly know in order to get that information Correct. out to them. Correct. Right. So it's, it's uh, having the right programs, um, using events as a medium to, to promote them and then using communications to get the word out right. and, and right. that, that right. Uh, feeds the cycle. What's, what's your vision for all this? Where, where, where do you think student services, student life is going to be in 10 years? Uh, how is communication going to come into play? Um, well, I, I would tell you uh, the more things change, the more they stay the same, really. You know? And so, you know, so what we, I, I think key to what we need to understand is um, the role of the university in society, right? Um, it is definitely to dispense knowledge, right? But it also is to develop good citizens, right? So that people understand exactly what role they play in the world. Um, and I think that we, and, 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 the, and once again, the acquisition of knowledge, right? Inside and outside of the classroom. So it, it is our responsibility to facilitate that process. That will always be our responsibility. But in addition to that, right? is giving people the opportunity to have the life that they want, right? Absolutely. And um, and that is giving them opportunities to careers, right? Social networking opportunities, um, and 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 once again, just opportunities to have better lives. Correct. You know, that's that is the focus and that will always be the focus, I believe, of higher ed, right? And to do research that informs practices yeah. that makes the world a better place. And and and, and that is always going to be so those fundamental, and accessibility too. Accessibility. Right. So those fundament fundamentals are always gonna remain the yes. same and and um, you you and other universities hopefully would also stick to those basics which of course technology will keep changing, something new will keep coming in, robots will start walking down, <laughs> down the campuses. Right, drones but, will but, start delivering exactly. their packages to <laughs> packages. the... Packages. Right, right, but, right, uh, right. But uh, all in all, the purpose remains the same. Yes. And, and that's, that's yeah, what creating opportunities, on. You know, spreading information and, and developing good citizens who are actively engaged in the world in which they live and and, and, and being able to take care of their families. That's great. That's what it is. That's great. So, uh, so we are almost up on our time. So let's go back to, again, the, fo the foundation of where you began, right? 
somebody who is 20 years younger, not to date you, but uh, you at least have that much experience, um, looking into get in into uh, serving students, serving universities, talking about making um, our society better through the medium of higher education. What's your advice to them? What should they be doing? Uh, what should they be looking at? Um, and the skills they should be acquiring. Right uh, you know, it's a little bit, but that's a lot, right? Um, so uh, one of the things that I could definitely suggest them to do is to have a plan, right? Um, have a plan. Yeah, at, at least, you know, and I, 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 I tell students all the time, you know, at the time that you're 65, 70 years old, what do you want to retire from, right? And when they come up with that, you know, through a series of exercises, right, then what you do is you create a plan to get there, right? Um, mentorship is very important. You know, find people who are at different parts of, at different benchmarks of your plan and start developing a relationship with that particular person. You know, having conversations with them, asking them about their career trajectory, asking them why they decided to go into this particular field. Shadow them if you possibly can, um, but use them as a resource. And don't pick a mentor, right, that is going to be easy on you. Pick a mentor that is going to challenge you, right? Yeah. Um, and that's one thing, you know, and of course, make sure you have the appropriate educational um, background to do what it is that you want to do, right? Sure. That's another thing. Um, you know, and then I would also say unconditional positive regards if you decide that, you know what, I do want to work with students. And so, and what I mean by unconditional positive regard is having the ability to put yourself in the place of that particular student that you are serving. Um, and, and the way that you do that is, you know, to be able to um, evaluate your strengths, your weaknesses, things that you can deal with. And if there is a particular area that you feel unequipped to deal with, get help in learning about that area. And then know if you've hit a brick wall, have the ability to refer that person to someone that can help them. Um, and uh, yeah, and so that's it. And be committed, right? That, be committed to this process because working in student affairs, you know, I, I have this analogy that I use. You know, um, I say, you know, I ask people, uh, have you ever watched um, the television show Scandal with Kerry Washington? <laughs> and some will say yes and some will say no. And so I tell people that we are the Kerry Washingtons of higher ed right? We handle all of the stuff that faculty aren't equipped to handle. Yep. <clears throat> you know, suicide, you know, suicide interventions, right? Um, Title IX issues where people are victims or perpetrators of power-based violence, relationship, or sexual. Um, when students are ill and they can't complete their semesters, right? Those are the things that we do, roommate conflicts, you know, violence on campus, um, the disciplinary procedure, uh, and then also, you know, the, the recreational stuff, the mm -hmm. recognition stuff, the leadership stuff. We do all of that. And, uh, and, and, and so having this position is absolutely not for the faint of heart. Absolutely. And, and one, thing, one thing people outside of universities don't realize is there's like this glue that operates 
the entire university that if that was missing everything would fall apart and everything that typically tends apart. to be the, the student role. life student services exactly roles, um, which is very interesting uh, one, so you you know a lot about this were you a former vice president in, a, in another life or something uh, no, <laughs> no but my job just requires me to learn a lot <laughs> uh, which is uh, just talk to people like you and just learn from them as you okay. go along. so uh, but but I've also seen as I mentioned um, as a graduate assistant as a student right. as well as uh, working with a lot of people that uh, that this is not easy just getting getting people to understand even the services they have even as a student I remember looking back at myself now I haven't taken use of uh, all the all the services they had right um, so right. Uh, which was kind of unfortunate when you look back at it so anyways uh, one term I learned, unconditional positive regard, uh, right. very interesting, that, that could deserve another blog post uh, <laughs> in my mind. Um, but, but is that another, uh, it, it, could that be summarized as empathy plus? Oh yeah, for sure, for sure, okay. right, 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 right. So, you know, my master's degree is in um, counseling education. I did not take the higher ed role, right? Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of, uh, a lot of people who go into... Um, higher ed, uh, uh, you know, student life, right? They they get higher ed administration degrees or personnel degrees. Mm -hmm. um, but at Mississippi State University, where I went, they offered what they called a counselor education mm -hmm. degree, which you know trained me to um, from a, a counseling standpoint, you know, a facilitation standpoint. And so, I really found that helpful as I meet and try to connect with students and meet them exactly where they are and you definitely empathetic responses empathetic probes right in order to get their story out so that i can better assist them with um their college experience sure great so one last piece of advice before we go uh people who are already in the space, people who maybe report to you or uh, maybe a couple levels down, what is your advice to people who are in your organization, how they should do their jobs better today, um, and, and what, should be the, what should they be looking forward to day in and day out? Um, I, I, think, um, I think professional development is key, no matter where you get it, right? If it's just, you know, I think a lot of times we confuse professional development with just you know, going to a conference, right? But it's more than that, right? It, it is, it, in addition to that, it's reading an article, you know, once a week about your profession, right? Uh, it is, you know, visiting different websites of different universities and in the department that you are connecting with, right? Uh, you know, so professional development is key. I think finding, once again, finding a mentor, right, that you can relate to is, 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 is key. Um, and I think approach your job or your experience with the knowledge that the decisions that you make can absolutely change someone's life. Absolutely. That's, that's a very, very important one. Right. That is yeah. it. You know, yeah. that's why I keep those cards Correct. there Correct. because yeah. they, they represent. These are people who have said thank you to your department, yourself, and, and that's that's the difference you have made in their lives, which Let, is very You important. know what? I get invited to so many weddings. You know, um, you know, I receive so many birth announcements, you know, from former students. Um, or I get invited because, 
you know, they're getting a promotion at work and, and you know, they, and it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wonderful, wonderful opportunity to Feeling. know that you can definitely have an impact on someone's Yeah, so life. it's like the entire department, uh, people talk about teachers and how a teacher made a difference. Yes, this is an entire department who, who is working in the background, making that difference right. day in and day right. out. You know, and I don't want to be selfish part. because faculty make a difference too. They do, right? Absolutely, you know, yeah. But um, yeah, but that's how I would tell someone who's beginning in this um, in this profession to approach their experience, knowing that you can go to work and have an opportunity to change someone's life for the better. Yeah. With that note, let's uh, pause here, hopefully, and uh, we uh, we are excited to have you on board. Uh, this is going to be an awesome podcast as well as a blog post, so I'm really, really excited to get this on. So thanks for your time. Again, this is uh, Richard Lamar Jones, our Vice President of Student, student, life. student life and Dean of Students at Rowan University, New Jersey. Thanks a lot. Thank you.